When I tell people, if you see me running, run, because it's scary. Hey, glad you joined us for Muscles Matters, because, Steve, muscles matter, right? Apparently so. Yeah, you're a big monster over there, and uh, you've got that way by hard work. Ain't that the truth. Yeah, so we got Matt White here today. So we believe muscles matter, and we believe there's matters that include muscles. I want to say it right off the top. People think I'm an expert. I'm not. Steve's the expert. I'm a lab rat. <laughs> I've always been that way. Steve is the real deal. He has the knowledge and he has the expertise to put it, obviously, to work. So, Matt, we're so glad you joined us here today. And yeah. uh, th Steve, thank you for letting us be in Sportslanders uh, no, Nutrition you for Store. Doing it here. This is it's a it's a quiet blessing. Yeah. Well, you know what it is 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 we believe in what you do and how you do it. It's not what he does because he's going to sell nutritional products, but it's why he does what he does because he has a ministry here. You can see scripture on the wall. He has integrity. He's honest with customers. You're not going to find that at a lot of places. So Steve, thank you for being a good representative in a uh, industry that we all love that develops muscles. So no, this Matt? is an awesome experience to be able to be here. I love the fitness industry because, you know, I've always loved working out. And, you know, we were talking right before the show about, you know, people that are eating raw eggs like in the Rocky movies, right? <laughs> he goes, you're not supposed to eat raw eggs. But I know I've been hearing this thing about raw egg nationalism now. And so you see you know, a cut so off a of Rocky and, and, and Sly never does that. But on the film and everybody thinks. Well, that's what he does. Well, you know, Hogan told us to uh, eat, pray, and take vitamins, just not which type of vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been a mystery, right? <laughs> so, Steve, um, I appreciate the industry that you work in, the uh, bodies you work with, because you do make a difference. You do. So, Matt, tell us about your journey. My journey? Yeah, muscles and how they mattered to Matt. Was it young when you discovered uh, um, working out? How did you discover it? So, like, when I was younger, there was something that I just this appealed to sports. So I was a young, chunky kid growing up, and I was like, oh, man. And I think it was around, like, my fifth or sixth grade year. And I was like, I'm tired of being that chunky kid. I'm going to, like, prove people wrong. But then again, I realized. What, I was, what, why were they wrong? I was just, I was kind of the uncoordinated, you know, chubby kid. I would try to play in the football games, and I was kind of one of those kids that was picked last, right, the dodgeball game. That was me, and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep. So I always felt like this underdog mentality. So Hoosiers, you know, Rocky, pretty much any of those movies, I grew up watching those. So I always wanted to do that through sports and athletics. You know, I saw this a lot, Steve, when I was growing up, and I, and I, I never thought about it in the way it was tended to, but they show the big buff guy walking on the beach, he finds a skinny guy with the pretty girl and kicks sand in his face. I don't know if that's in t in in inspired anybody, but I'm hearing from you. Could you that imagine that today? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Beach. They would get canceled. I know. Safe spaces, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. So, uh, so, so, so you were that kid that got picked last, and you said, yeah. "No more." Yeah, exactly. And I remember, like, it was this was the time I got my first pair of Nike running shoes, and I thought I was the coolest kid ever because I had these Nike with the free runs or something like that. And it just developed this love of sports and, you know, and camaraderie among my teammates, you know, mm -hmm. joining a football team and going, okay, you know, you're out there, you're all sacrificing for one another for the end results of hopefully winning the football game or the basketball game. And it kind of, I think, I got to meet various coaches that weren't just there to coach the sport, but coach life as well. Literally, coaches seem to stick around in your life a lot longer than most coaches because 
that's the person that gives you your structure, that, that gets you going. It's either love it or you hate it. And they really put you in a proper position yeah. to achieve. And they have so much opportunity to minister to children. Yes. And if they do it the right way, but Steve and Matt, how many times do you see coaches that are in it for the W? And, and, you know, and, and it, it breaks your heart when you see that at such a young age. Because it affected you, that Yeah, no, and, and that was one of the things that I had early on coaches. I think my freshman year uh, basketball experience, I had this coach. His name was Coach Proctor, and he was one of the best coaches I'd ever had because he was like, hey, we're going to work hard, and the end result is going to be, you know, we're going to take the win, but we're also going to build you guys up as individuals. And there was something special about that team is we were a bunch of misfits that were all kind of coming together, and I didn't even expect to make the basketball team. I got I showed up to late for tryouts on the last day out of a three-day tryouts. I'm just this tall kid, uncoordinated, and he took a shot on me, even though I probably didn't have half the skills that those guys tried out. And there was 10 out of probably like 50 people that tried out for the team. And I was like, oh, and he took a shot and he developed me and I became more athletic. And I really fell in love with the sport of basketball, you know, and football and eventually golf um, was something that I was always, you know, decent at. And I was just like, oh, this is cool because I connected with all these different people. But that coach took a chance on me when I was, no. <laughs> and, and that installed with your, your framework to actually get a college. Yeah. That was and that was the if I didn't have that, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to be at Fresno Pacific and have a chance to be, um, you know, in athletics at the collegiate level because it was like, oh, that he took a shot. And from there, it led um, another coach of mine. Again, the coaches stay around. You know, you think about the people that push you the hardest. And it was his name was Coach Stacy. He taught me all my Olympic lifts and how to correctly weight lift and what to put in your body. And I remember that I was like, oh, what a <laughs> what a unique find. Good job, yeah. Steve, because that is that experience that you've had. Where coaches have that all the abilities in one. Your brother. Oh wow. <laughs> I can honestly say he was one of my favorite people to put his hand around me and go, You're doing it wrong, son. <laughs> Did my brother do that? <laughs> so you know what I grew up with. <laughs> yes, and so I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I would be and, and he did it when a point in my life where I thought I was the greatest thing since sliced cheese. Uh, yeah. And he would come over and put his <laughs> hands around me and be like, No, son. <laughs> that is yeah. so wrong. And that was how he was. He was like, oh, especially in my favorite workout in the gym is the power clean. It's very technical. You know, it's easy to pull your back. It's easy to make. And he loved the power clean. He was very passionate about it. But he was like, you got to do it over. And it was just with the bar, PVC piping. But he just drilled it in. He goes, if you want to do this right, you want to be explosive and get the benefits of this, you have to actually do it correctly. And he's and correct because so, I, I see so many people perform that movement. It's become a very popular movement. And the first Why, thing, Steve? Why is it a popular movement? Oh, I won't go pick on the sport, but it's a very popular <laughs> movement. <laughs> well, I think it's because it's such a diverse. So you're coming from the ground to explosiveness. You're flipping up. You're working. You're working the full body. Well, for you, too. I mean, it, it works in speed and explosiveness. That's what it does for sports and why it's used in sports: speed and explosiveness. Because you literally have to explode off the floor to make it move. Yeah, yeah, and that, especially and, when you get to heavy weight. Yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. And that's another thing is you've probably seen probably this is probably the one workout that everybody messes up the most is deadlifts. You probably <laughs> walk into any gym. People are always doing deadlifts and everybody has a different form and a different technique. And you always love it because everybody has the same gym. You have all the guys that have been there for ages. You know, you guys, you guys already know the routine. And then you have the young high schoolers drinking the pre-workouts and the energy drinks trying to do the workouts. <laughs> and they're like, I've <laughs> always told when I see I see it, I always tell them, like, you only have one back in life. One back. Yeah. You mess that up. Everything else is done. Especially if they mess it up young. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. I learned that because it was like, if you didn't do the movements right, and he was one that was like, you're, you're going to mess yourself up for life if you don't do this right. And I what, what, what a What a great find for you in the Fresno area. Yeah. yeah. And, and then is he, my, still, is he still coaching? He's still coaching. I think he's a Clovis East football coach. It's funny because not a lot of people liked him because he pushed him past that that extra, you know, past tired. He's like, hey, we're going to run that one more. It's one more. And you're like, when is he going to be done? And he always had this motto, and I love it. To this day, he would go every practice, every day. He's like, great day, great day. How's everybody doing? Every day is a great day. He goes, get on the line, guys. That's how we're starting practice. And I always remember that. He's like, make every day a great day. You know, we have a chance to be better. And he was always instilling that in the team, even though the people there was people on the team that weren't team players, they were about themselves, and absolutely hated that because he was like, that was his personality he brought to the field. So I, I, that, That's called honing the edge of the sword. I mean, because you watch the difference in sports. Every level, and you'll be able to attest to this time, every level, there's somebody as good as. Yes. And then the ne- next time you go to the level, there's somebody as good as, until pretty soon you're looking at the guy who's great as you, and it just comes down to who's training the hardest. That's the difference between a Tom Brady and the guy that's working at the yeah. grocery store in his offseason. Yeah, because, you know, like Tom Brady's a good example. He's probably one of the most polarizing sports figures of all time, but also one of the most loved and respected as well. So it's one of those things where it's like he goes down to the nutrition, what he's doing, the movements, and he's been able to play for ages. And, and I think that's something um, that, Steve, you offer is – it goes down to those small things, nutrition, supplements, fueling your body, feeding your body the right things, because when you're in the gym, you're really tearing down tissue, you know? And, and so, so as, as we all look at that as the most important part of our day, when you leave the gym is when the mechanics are going to work, right? That's, I, I tell people, I said, you're, when you're done, the first meal is repairing, and every other meal after that, it's for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you don't gas up for tomorrow, don't expect to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. And then sleep. What's the no sleep train every day, every uh, hour of the day, right? <laughs> it's the only thing, time when your body gets a break yeah. to rebuild. Hey, we're going to take a time out and we're going to listen to Steve talk to you about product that you can purchase here at Sportslanders. What? We all know about creatine, right? Well, creatine was made in 1960. There's no reason to still be taking stuff from 1960 when you got awesome stuff like Pump 365. What makes Pump 365 so great is it's glycogen-based. Glycogen is the stuff you want to put into your muscle to make it expand bigger, beautiful. There's nothing like a bigger, beautiful muscle when it's Pump 365. It's an NO product loaded with glycogen to give you a pump, and then it says 365, so stay pumped all day long. Swing by 7420 District Boulevard or call 661-282-8840 and ask for Steve for all your sports supplement and nutrition needs. Hey, glad you're back with us. Steve was making a great point because that nutrition you put in your body is what's fueling your body and sleep is the thing that's repairing your body and we want to make it all about working out. I was going to say, people get it, get it backwards. They think it's workout somewhere along the line. It's workout. It's a supplement. Then somewhere along the line, I'll, I'll have some type of food, and then I'll sleep when I can sleep. That's not how it works. It's sleep, food, working out, and the very last thing you actually need is a supplement yeah. because it's supplementing something that you didn't get from number I two, which is the too. food. Because you, you're, you're having, it's just micronutrition, and micronutrition works best 
during that time of training. That's the purpose of micronutrition is because it's during that time of training when your body can properly and quickly absorb it, blah, 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 blah. I'm starting to sound like an infomercial, but your body can only absorb most of the micronutrition during that time frame. We, the anabolic window is a hoax, but it's actually the truth because your body can only absorb so much at a certain point. And at that point of being torn down is where it's like, I need to be fed. And most people go have a shake. Yeah. Or a or burger. A pop- There's protein in the burger, a right? Tart. <laughs> well, when I was in high school, we would go and we'd have practice. We'd have weightlifting, and then between that, we'd have like a short time for people to eat. And it was always funny because I would turn to my teammates, and they thought it would be a great idea before going to practice, playing basketball. You know, two-hour running practice. You know, full full endurance, eating cup of noodle and sour patch kids. That was the meal that you ate between weightlifting and the gym. <laughs> it's not a bad thing because you're getting the salt back in yeah, the, the salt. Mouth. Yeah, but I just remember everybody the, was eating the, a cup the, of noodles. Those noodles. Uh. <laughs> it's the true college diet, right? <laughs> Isn't it amazing that when you're 16 years old, you can't hardly mess it up? You know, you, your body gives you the, the mulligan, right? It, My favorite thing is to hear, well, I don't look like that no more. Well, your body doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> I know. That 16-year-old, 17, 18, 19-year-old is, is just a manufacturer of just the best hormones that you could probably ever hope to take the rest of your life. Prime example of that is LeBron James. You, you know, whether you call him the GOAT or whether you call him a top 10. He's a top 10 athlete. If you, he looks and he'll talk about where he was in his early years. And imagine he was the king coming out of high school, but he was eating burgers and fries and it took him to hang out with the, the greats for him to go, oh, so I don't eat burgers and fries. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually real food, huh? Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying, when you get to each level, you find out that maybe somebody is there. I interject real quick is um, falling back on the food. One of the biggest alpha males on the planet, most recognizable alpha males on the planet is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that's in the movie industry and he shot several movies as a stuntman with The Rock. And he says the guy's nutritionist walks out into the middle of the set while they're like filming like this. Somebody's going to come over and put a bowl of food in front of you. Like, hey, it's time to eat. The director's going to get mad. But that's why he looks the way he does. Mm-hmm. And it's in his contract that I eat every two hours. Yep. Wow, I didn't even know that. that I, I, I was, but the, like my buddy said, hey. Yep, proof's yeah. in the pudding. Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I kind of want to add on the food thing. I think that's something that, like, has been misconstrued, and I blame a lot of, like, what our government standards are. I don't know if you saw recently some of the standards we're putting out that Frosted Flakes are actually healthier than chicken to eat. <laughs> And so I don't know if that has to do anything with the Who's food Who's in charge pyramid. of that department? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know nowadays. I don't want to bring that. But, you know, that's <laughs> just something is like we're told, like, you need to have, like, 70%, you know, carbs in your meals. So people think, oh, I can go and eat, like, hot Cheetos and, like, white bread, and I, I'm going to be healthy, you know? And Let's go actually, back to where you said, and we're going we're gonna to let you bring us in, Yeah. where you said that you were eating cup of noodles and gummies. Now let's take that cup of noodles and gummies and move it to where you become an adult and you figured out nutrition and how it works for you. Yeah, I would say, I, one, I wouldn't do that advice now because I've, I've learned that, you know, as you get older, you know, metabolism changes, you know, you can't do the things. And remember when in high school, you're like, oh, I'm feeling, I can go for a run. It's like, boom, it's right off. Now as you get older, it's like, oh, that kind of, you know, sticks I, I around a little longer. Right? I know, and I'm not even, I'm not even that old. I'm like, <laughs> I love I'm about to be he's 20. getting it. Yeah. But when I tell people, if you see me running, run, because it's scary. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, you and I aren't built for running. 
You know, so. so we turn around, somebody's yeah. got something. It's scary. Yeah. Run. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, so, so Matt, take us on where that went from there. You had a great coach, and I love that because if you're out there and you are a coach, you might be underappreciated, but I don't think you're doing it because of that value. You had a coach that didn't care if the kids didn't want to do it. You did it for them because that's what's going to make them prepared for the game. Yeah, and he was all about preparation. Like I said, he was – and a lot of guys during that – during my high school experience were like, even the night before the game, he said the fuel for the next day, we would have team dinners on Thursday night, play on Friday night, Friday night lights, right? And we had guys going out, I'm going to drink a 64-ounce Slurpee before the game. And that was like a regular tradition for the team, for like guys to go out and do that. And it was like, what? What are you putting that in your body? <laughs> and then I remember like – Halftime crash. Yeah, right? So in my senior year when he took over as like the head head guy for nutrition and all this, he's like, guys, no Slurpees before the game. If you guys drink a Slurpee, you're not playing tomorrow. <laughs> like I will bench you. And honestly, I'm like very blessed that he was in my life because Absolutely. it would be about – Three years after that experience, he would actually recommend me to the collegiate level. He would recommend, just because of my work ethic during high school, he said, this guy does not know a single thing about throwing a discus or a shot putt. I know he works hard, and you know he's one of my better athletes in high school, and actually got the recommendation to try out. So I walked on at Fresno Pacific, and I got to play. So you, so you didn't throw until then? I didn't throw until then. So that's interesting. Yeah. And you, that, you, you had, you, that's you, a rare error. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, well I, I think, too, Steve, how many times do you see genetics? And genetics allow you to um, alleviate some maybe some of those moments. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's interesting. I, I love the fact that you had a relationship with a coach that was able to not only help you physically, but also help you and saw the value of going forward. Yeah. And, and, and not just beating on you. Yeah. Because a lot of people saw it as a beating, but I saw past that because I'm like, if I want to be the best athlete that I can be, I know I'm going to have to put in the work. It's not going to come easy. And I saw the value in that where a lot of people said, oh, this guy's just picking on me, but didn't see the bigger picture of things. And go I think that's go, really. Mom, the coach doesn't like me. No, exactly. Because he's mean. Um, what, describe me. <laughs> you like, know? I, I tell that to a lot of the youngsters. I'm like, you don't know your shot, like I use basketball for an analogy. Yeah. You don't know how bad your shot is until your arm's tired. Yeah. Mm. So, and I used to tell people, I, I, I do my training and I call it fourth quarter training. I don't yeah. make you do anything hard until the end. Why? Because that's when your body's the tired and that's when your body's gonna have the ability to actually grow. And so when you have that meal, it's going to absorb. So Kobe Bryant, a thousand shots, why? Because that's what made him so great. When yeah. everybody else went home, Kobe was still in the room shooting. Yeah. And very few people saw I saw an interesting thing on Kobe. Um, and he said that it, practice is where he decided who he was going to throw the ball to. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like Their practice habits, their speech habits, and the way they acted in practice was decided in game time, like, no, I can't trust you. You're not getting the ball. So I've always picked him, Kobe, for being a, I called him not the black mama, but the black hole because the ball wouldn't come out. But when you think of, when he, when you hear him say that, like, I'm not throwing to that person because I know that person didn't put in the work. So if I throw mm. it to him, they're not going to make it. It makes completely sense on a champion set mentality. Yeah. You know, you know what, Steve, I think, and what we all love to do is that people want to see somebody else doing that same work like you said it was great to have a team but you want your teammates want to see you put out that same work because what does tim tebow say you know 
talent beats, I mean, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. You've seen it a million times in the industry. Yeah, yeah and he was actually one of my biggest role models growing up, like Tim Tebow and just like his devotion to Christ, but also athletics and the team mentality. And everybody remembers his Florida motivational, we're going to go outside, we're going to score <laughs> touchdowns, seven points right when we come out. And he went out and did it, you know. And a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, there was a lot of controversy around him. But there was one thing that I read in his books is he always pushed himself to the limit. Mm-hmm. And so that inspired me. And I'm like, it sounds cliche, but a lot of these motivational type things inspired me as an athlete because I realized I wasn't the most athletic. I wasn't the most coordinated person on the field, but I knew if I could outwork the people that were the most talented, I could beat them any day of the week. And you got a college scholarship. Yeah. How many times do you see people take advantage of talent, Steve? Especially in the industry that you love and I love because they're gifted, but sometimes that giftedness won't keep them to the level of everybody else. I have a cousin that was uber talented he gained 60 pounds in one summer and that was it that was it had the ability and every year it could have been a monster Wow. Yeah. So Matt, so so where did your, your throwing career, I'm very interested in that. Where did the throwing so, career take you? Yeah, so, and this is my last coach, and it was Coach Hanson. I'm actually really good friends with him still. We play golf from time to time, and, and one of the things that I found unique is I came into this program, and, you know, I worked my butt off not knowing how to throw at all and was already hitting collegiate-level marks, like, fairly quickly. I wasn't, I wasn't breaking records or placing, but it was kind of cool because he took me from somebody that had no experience, no, I guess, no bad habits. So it was kind of nice to be able to set from the beginning onward. You were a sponge. I really was. So I just absorbed, spent the extra time in the gym, and he would say, hey, before we even pick up, like, an actual shot putter discus, he was, we had rubber weights and all kinds of things, or just working on just the form. And this guy is one of the best coaches I've, like, ever worked with because he's so technical, but he's going to make you work on that move until mm. you got it. And I'm like, this is why he's coaching college athletics, but previously he was doing high school and taking kids from Buchanan to a state championship that had no business being in a state championship. He's all, all these guys were, like, six foot tall, thin, and they're out throwing guys that were double their weight, you know, and same height. And he goes, yeah, because it was just all about the form and just doing it over and over and it, over. It's so funny, Steve, because as we were talking about the power clean, you see people when they start a power clean, you'll see them do this. And after a while, it just gets to the point where you can't talk to them and just going to let the weight do the talking. Because <laughs> you can't do that. You, know, you have to have that complete moment. And sometimes it's those techniques that gets you to that next level. I mean, what's the difference between a two and a half pound lift and 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 not making you know not making the lift? You know, it, it, and it's simple. Like you said, it's like I, I walk around the gym, and there are people that listen, and some people that don't, and it's just. <laughs> Hey, put your elbow right here. Watch how it works. Yeah. Yeah, and just seeing how it's done. I remember the first day we went weightlifting. He says, all right, guys, we're going to go to the gym, and I'm going to kick your guys' butts, but we're not even going to pick up a single weight. And everybody's like, oh, no, you're, you're playing, right? He got PVC pipes out, and we did every kind of movement. He was teaching us all the movements that we were going to be doing with barbells, but he broke it down just down to the basics. And it was like, wow. And it was just kind of the furthering from Coach Stacy, who had recommended me for co- like doing this athletics in terms of like, you know, being a thrower. And I was like, oh, and then he broke it down right from the beginning. So it was like, oh, this is how you do it and how we execute. Mechanics. Yeah, the mechanics. Now, the throwing way of lifting versus the commercial way of lifting. That's an interesting aspect. So when you look at how would you differentiate between when you walk into a commercial gym, seeing the average person lift versus how you had to lift in order to be athletic? 
Well, I just remember one of the things is we actually, and it was crazy because I was in the best shape of my life and we were only lifting twice a week. And I was like, there's no way. I was lifting Monday through Friday, conventional commercial way of lifting. And I'm like, I'm not getting stuff done. And he just had this program and he goes, this program, if you follow it to a T and he had, it was a progression overload and it was set with all these different workouts. And I remember looking at these workouts, I'm like, I have to do all these. This is a lot of workouts. That's like 10 different core workouts on top of what we were already doing. I was like, there's no way. And it was very much like, Focusing like when we would do, you know, maybe uh, a clean and jerk that was a very popular, you know, get the the power mobility upward or doing a lot of squats. And I just remember we would be dying after the first two lists because we wouldn't just go in and do bench. We would be it would be bench. OK, now into power press and then into, you know, uh, clean and jerk and then <laughs> bench. Everybody's favorite movement. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did you actually bench press being an athlete versus everything else you did? It was always like, a hey, you're going to work on it for 10 minutes, and then everything else was a different more uh, Olympic-type lift, That's right? why I wanted you to say that, because yeah. everybody says wants to be an athlete, but they want to fall in love with bench pressing yes. when yes. there's so much more to be an athlete. Well, yeah, and in like, and one thing I was like thinking about was during high school, like I had learned like poor bench technique and didn't understand the movement. I was so narrow when I went. He's like, "Are you close grip benching? Are you bench pressing?" And it was just <laughs> a, a tricep habit. exercise. It was a habit that I picked on. I learned all the Olympic lifts, but my bench press because that was always the oh, throw a couple plates on, let's see if I can, you know, ego lift it out yeah. of in high school. But then when I learned, I was like, oh, we need to be wide. We need to get that chest fully extended and then press up. and Engage the full insertion to insertion. Exactly. So, so go ahead and finish your story. And I, I love our conversation. I think our technical staff is telling yeah. us we got five minutes. So. Yeah, I know. So, but yeah, it was just really cool because those coaches had integral parts in like my athletic journey. And, you know, I continue to meet people that are in that realm. I have this great trainer that I have out in Fresno. She, her name's Ashley and she does an excellent job. She does a hit class. So, you know, I know something we were talking about is the grandfather of hit, right? The, <laughs> Some the, people gave me that title. Yeah, they, somebody gave, you know, Tom that title and she does an excellent job. And the one thing that makes her unique from other trainers in the area, she creates like this family culture around mm -hmm. athletics and and it doesn't matter if you just started lifting or, you know, you've been there forever. You have every shape, size, you know, background there. And she's been able to build a community. And that's been kind of like my connection to a team aspect after college, you know. And I, I'm so thankful for people like Hanson and Coach Stacy and Proctor that really put in, you know, those efforts during my early years to kind of, you know, lead. And hopefully I get to coach one day. So, so. so, so you continued it on. How did that, did it, did it build confidence in the young Matt? Oh, 100%. And it carried through, did it carry on after collegiate? Because a lot of us compete, and there's got to be a time to hang it down. Stevie and I talk about that all the time. So, so, where, so now that you're there, you're, you're still doing it. How's it affecting you now? I think for me, what I, I think the hardest thing for being an athlete after college, I think there's, there should be more, I think, elements outside of how, how do you, like, transfer, I guess, or I guess – it's like when you retire, right, as a professional athlete. There's not really a, a class you can learn about the transition. Would you say the hardest part is turning off the comp comp competitive side and where to place it? The, I would the say placement not, of the competitive side. I wouldn't say so much the competitive side, but the nutrition side. I would say is right after college, you're like, oh, well, I can keep eating this way and I can kind of get away. But then you realize you're not training exactly the way that you were before. And it was like, oh, I can just kind of eat this. I'll be good. And then you realize, OK, I can't eat exactly as if I was training twice a day, three times a day for, you know, six months. You know, it's not the same. Keep in touch with Steve because he'll help you through your later years. Yeah. No. <laughs> real quick, real quick, Tom. The one thing you don't miss from being bodybuilding, me, is not being a slave to food. Oh, not having to chew all the time. 
and other elimination problems. <laughs> oh, man. Matt, you've been a pleasure to have hey, on. Pleasure love being it. here. No, nice to Steve, meet you. Steve, I love it. Our first inaugural uh, Muscles Matter. I think, uh, so then we got three minutes. So do you want us to use the three minutes, Mr. Producer? Well, Steve, um, as, as you've heard Matt's story, equate it to um, some of the things that you might see, because you're around a lot of the young'uns, and you're around a lot of the old'uns. So, so, so how do you see them approaching it nowadays? We'll go back to coaching. Um, I always tell people when they come to me for coaching, you, you know, people see me, I always have a different pair of shoes on. It's, I only charge a pair of shoes uh, I think for, it's for coaching thing. because I tell people I'm your first coach. I'm your baseline coach. I'm the coach you're never going to forget because I'm going to teach you how to eat. I'm going to teach you how to properly lift. So long as you're passionate about it, I will make sure that you understand like, hey, brother, I have a blueprint and it's great. And what good coaches do at that young level is they give us a blueprint. Like you said, he gave you a blueprint. He taught you how to lift, the correct way to lift how to do it, and it gave you a drive in order to go as a walk-on, which is always the rare air. Walk-ons yeah. are rare air because we're only allotted so many scholarships. So yeah. when you walk on, that means you took an allotted space that I was looking at the guy over there, and you said... You impressed me. Nah, bro, it's not him, it's you. Yeah. So you took an allotted space as a walk-on, and it was just because of the baseline that he gave you of good coaching. Yeah. And, and it's cool because I've seen in his progression of people after me. I know COVID didn't help, you know, the season, but his training methods have led other athletes to break records at, you know, the NCAA two level. And it's been really cool because I've seen other people like really break out and, and do that. Would you guys both say that great coaches know how to get the most out of you? Amen. Amen. You know, and yeah. I think that's if you're out there and you want some coaching, of course, I'm always going to recommend Steve. But even with you, Matt, I love the fact that you're even going to a gal that you see value in because she's providing motivation. She's providing structure. So it doesn't even matter with that how you do it. So. Yeah. No, I think. And if you bring value and you believe in people and, you know, people can see that and it's a genuine that you care for the person that you're like, hey, I'm going to create you're going to take them to the next level. People will buy into that and people are going to continue to come. And that's why people like her, she's got 50 to 60 people in her class versus some other coaches may have, you know, 20. And these are people that have to willingly come because it's something that's, hey, hey, it's offered as one of the selected and people fill that class every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Real quick injective. I think people who coach with passion out beat the co people who are in it for the money. And Amen. there's so many people are in it only for the money. Amen, yeah. Steve. So we're glad you joined uh, Muscles Matter, and we're glad you're there. Steve, thank you. Matt, hey, pleasure, pleasure again. Pleasure, yeah. <laughs>